are Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Locked On Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your next order. It was quite the disappointing weekend for the Flames, to say the least. A 4-1 loss to the Oilers is not how you want to start off the month of May. But what does the rest of the month look like? Before we get into things, I want to remind you all to subscribe and follow Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts. And you'll want to leave a five-star rating and a nice little review while you're there double-checking. You know, we want to make sure that all of our bases are covered, especially as we head into the final stretch of the regular season. Okay, so it was a 4-1 loss. I know, I know. I was disappointed when I checked the score. And silly me for thinking the Flames could quiet McDavid for two games in a row. It was a (laughs) three-point game for McDavid, okay? Oh, boy. The Flames outshot the Oilers 30-29, to which, I mean, I think is good. But ultimately, none of, well, one of those shots landed. So it's, uh, you know, obviously not too great, but... The faceoffs again were so disproportionate. 65 Edmonton, 35 for Calgary. I just <laughs> it's so frustrating when you look at numbers like that because there have been games where the Flames will limit uh the, their opponent's shots to like, you know, 31, 32 and they'll still win. But unfortunately, that just wasn't their Saturday night and you absolutely need to win that game. There's no question about it. There isn't really an excuse for it. And I believe it was Dylan Dubé who went into the press conference and was like, our team needs to put up 30 shots every night, at least 30 shots every night or something along those lines. And I agree. But the thing is, you can put up as many shots as you want, but if they're not quality shots, I don't really think that they, it matters. I I don't, I don't know, and I understand that flukes happen and, you know, you might get on a good, you know, a lucky, messy deflection or something like that, but it's just a matter of shooting the puck and really generating those high-quality chances. And three cheers to Johnny Gaudreau for avoiding the shutout. He had a nice goal. Uh, I believe it was an even-strength goal as well, which is even better. And, um, you know, thanks for avoiding the shutout there. And Michael Stone had a nice little defender moment, I believe, in the third period. Uh, he deflected, he got down low and deflected a, uh, the puck from going in while Markstrom was on, like, the other side of the net defending. <laughs> he used his skate as a nice little defending moment, and, you know, good for him. I think that we've seen him kind of have a little bit of uh, progress this season, which is always nice to see. And the friendship tour continued, of course, with uh, Matthew Kachuk and Tyson Berry. They got into it. And I don't know about you guys, but I think that there was so much hype around the Battle of Alberta series, the 10 games this season, because of how 
chippy that game in you know the really the whole season between the two teams last year was and you know you come into this season expecting it to be like that especially where you're playing each other 10 times and listen I don't watch hockey for fights I don't watch hockey for you know the violence and things like that but I do enjoy a good competitive hockey game and I just feel like that was sort of absent this season sure there were definitely games where you could tell that it was exciting keep you on the edge of your seat uh you know the games where it was kind of back and forth until the last minute of the period of the third period or what have you but overall it just didn't feel like a competitive season and that's probably because of the flames I'm not going to lie but that's just a whole different story and I don't understand how this team goes from being you know division winners to losing horrendously to the Ottawa Senators time and time again you know there at one point in the season it was like you know, they were losing by four or five goals multiple games a month, and it was just embarrassing. I mean, granted, it's gotten a little bit better, but four to one doesn't really ease the pain <laughs> at all. But coming up next, the Oilers have put out the flames, but can the flames reignite that fire within themselves? Coming up next, we will talk about the... Uh, the season for the Flames and just kind of the holes that we need to think think about and patch up over this off season, and of course we'll dive into that final stretch that we have for the month of May. But first, let me tell you about Wealthfront. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 million of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com forward slash locked on NHL. All you need is $500 to get started. You'll grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com forward slash locked on NHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on nhl to start growing your savings today locked on flames continues don't forget to follow me on twitter at jess belmosto we talk about lindholm leading this team with points and i talk about it i toot his horn and i praise him for you know being at the top of the team leaderboard and being able to score those uh, even strength goals. And I think it's worth noting that Johnny Gaudreau is not that far behind him. Lindholm has 43 points while Johnny has 39. And I, you know, love to see that. I think that everybody has, I don't want to say everybody has done their part, but I think that we have seen a little bit of a resurgence since the trade deadline with some of these players and I think a lot of them have either stepped up into these new roles or have just kind of figured themselves out and whether that be a little bit too late this season or just in time for next year we will never know and we've said it time and time again with this team but the issue is this team being slow and they're not able to keep up with their opponents and I kind of laid into them last week about how 
how slow they are. And, you know, when you're playing a team like the Oilers, you cannot be slow. And they can be outskated. People will dance circles around them. And they don't really do anything to improve that. And I think a lot of it has to do with their conditioning in the off season. I remember during the pandemic last year, we were we saw videos of uh, Johnny rollerblading. I think that the league ended up sending everybody <laughs> rollerblades so they could stay in shape while gyms were closed, which is super great. And there was probably some regression there. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Watching reruns of, you know, Law and Order is a lot more fun than going to the gym. That's just my opinion. But I do think that there are a few missing elements to this team. And don't fight me. Don't yell at me. Don't tweet at me saying all this stuff. I am just saying... For my opinion, these are the things that are missing. I do think that losing Noah Hannafin leaves a huge hole at your blue line. I, he is one of the best defenders on your team, if not the best. And him being paired with Chris Tanev is one of the best things that could have happened for his development. And I understand that he's been in the league for a heck of a long time and... <laughs> he's considered a vet, but like he's 24 years old. That's younger than me. So he, he's still got learning to do. And that's, that's okay. You guys, it's not, it's not bad. But another thing with Hannafin is that he takes those shots, whether they be rockets from the blue line or from the circle or right in front of the net, Noah Hannafin is not afraid to shoot the puck. And I, enjoyed that about his game. I think it's super fun to watch. And you know that if it's a good chance for him to shoot the puck, he'll do it. When he gets that puck on his stick, he'll shoot it. If the, you know, the opportunity arises, he'll do it. And I think it's crucial that they find a right winger for Sean Monahan. Now, do I think that they will move on from Sean Monaghan in this offseason. I don't know what to think at this moment. Um, there's a lot going on for the offseason that needs to be addressed before we even start looking at restructuring something that big. But you cannot keep putting Brett Ritchie on his line, on his wing. That does nothing, okay? I am going to need someone to call Don Sweeney and Butch Cassidy in Boston and say, hey, did Brett Ritchie drag down your line? You know, was he bad on David Krejci's line? Yes. Yes, Brad Tree Living. Yes, Daryl Sutter. Anybody with eyes can see that. And it's so frustrating to me because I watched him play in Boston and I watched him, you know, take those penalties, start fights and do all these things that just aren't part of what the flames need <laughs> and so watching him you know sign that pto uh i wanted to say over the summer but it wasn't over the summer over the winter was so frustrating because i just wanted to like ah no why would you do that but you know everybody deserves a chance and all that stuff but you have dylan dubay you have dylan dubay i think that 
the lines should, you know, I don't know. I think Mangiapane is playing um, off wing right now at left wing. I could be completely wrong and I could be lying. I don't, I didn't really look that up beforehand, but, you know, Dubé, or, you know, a Dubé, Monaghan, and Mangiapane line, I think that would be a good line, you know, in whatever order you put those in. I think that would be a really good line. I think that Mangiapane has come into his own. We've talked about it a lot. And Dylan Dubé, people need to start putting some respect on his name because I really like the way that he skates. I like the way that he, you know, sets up plays and his hockey IQ is there. I think that he just needs to be on a better line that is not the third or fourth line. And he does have top six potential. And I don't know why Daryl Sutter hates him so much. And I've had enough of it. And, you know, I'm not... When I get angry like this, I don't want anybody actually thinking I'm like physically angry with the coaching decisions or anything. Like I'm upset specifically at Daryl Sutter. It's just so frustrating to watch because, you know, you see the discourse on Twitter. And obviously I know these coaches don't run to Twitter for their advice, but you just see this and you're like, wow, this would make so much more sense if so-and-so played on this line with this person or if this coach did that instead of that like god check the reddit forums i'm begging you do something and if you're not going to utilize dylan Dubé, you need to go out there and get a a winger you need to go out there and you need to stop being cheap and signing all these third and fourth line guys to league minimum deals, anything that's less than a million dollars, I'm sorry, but nobody wants to go play middle of the road hockey and freezing cold Alberta for a hundred thousand or sorry, seven hundred thousand dollars. I'm sorry. Especially if you miss the playoffs this year. You need to incentivize these players and you know what incentivizes people? Money. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna go out and trade for Nylander? You're gonna go out and try to get Taylor Hall to sign with you again in freezing cold Alberta instead of saying in Boston where he has a chance to win the cup? What's your plan? And then on top of that, don't forget, you have to prepare your team for this Seattle expansion draft. You know, I've seen uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins' name floating around there. What about him? You're going to put him on your top six? Can't forget about the, again, can't forget about the expansion draft and you just, you need to figure it out. And I don't know if this front office, this management, this ownership has it in them to figure it out. I really don't. And I think that there are teams in this league who are too cheap to spend money. The Boston Bruins being one of them. Like, I'm not, I'm sorry to always talk about the Bruins, but, the, but that team does not like spending money. So... I think Calgary is in the same boat here. I can make a Venn diagram if I have to. But my God, <laughs> I just want to see Calgary do something worthwhile. And no, trading Sam Bennett for two, essentially two second rounders is not worthwhile. That is not going to help you, you know, lock in a playoff spot. It's not going to reopen your window. Figure it out. Do something. Whew. Anyways, <laughs> but, uh, coming up next, we will wrap this show up with some previews at the next, I guess, like, what, today's the third, oh my gosh, today's the third. Okay, so the next two and a half weeks, 
two and a half weeks-ish of uh, hockey that the Flames have. And we are going to need a little bit of a boost to get us through the remainder of the season. And you know what you can use to help? Built Bar. Built Bar has amazing protein flavors, protein bar flavors that are just out of this world, and they make your day so much better. Honestly, when I feel like I have gas in the tank after eating the uh, apple almond crisp or their orange or raspberry protein bar, I feel better, and I feel like I can tackle my day and whatever comes towards me and anything like that, and head on over to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15, so you can feel the same way. I am a very big fan of, you know, grabbing one and going on the road so I can, you know, get to the grocery store, run my errands, do what I need to do, and you can have one in your purse or your car as well, and you can save money while doing it when you use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your next Built Bar order. BetOnline AG has all of your sports betting needs. It is the one place that I trust to place my bets. And I love going on there to look at the live updates and see what, what's out there and what I can do to, you know, turn my few dollars into something more. And you can do that as well. Head on over to BetOnlineAG and use promo code LOCKEDON after you sign up for your free account and you, you'll get that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus after your first deposit. Hey guys, it's Jess here, and I am just reminding you to subscribe to Locked On Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. The team is off until Wednesday. And I would imagine that they'll be practicing at some point today and tomorrow. They did practice on Sunday, and um, it was kind of the same old, same old, you know. Got to go to play better. Got to go play a 60-minute game. Got to, you know, you know the drill. But the games against the Jets were so spaced out that I just kind of forgot that we had one left, and I forgot that... Uh, you know, that <laughs> I just figured that we wrapped up our season with them uh, ages ago. But no, much to my surprise, we still have one game left against the Jets. And I think that this team is really good offensively. And they're a scary team when it comes to their goaltending. And if the Flames can't do anything to help themselves, call it a wrap. You know, I think by that point... Uh, this could be a game clincher. I, I don't know. This could be clinching time for the Jets. I haven't looked at um, the scenarios or anything like that. But Nikolai Ellers... Oh, my God. I can't even talk today. Nikolai's El, Nikolai Ellers is out for the remainder remainder of the season. And um, that kind of, again, works in the favor of the Flames. But... Uh, Blake Wheeler is also struggling defensively. If you hear hammering, beeping, drilling, I apologize. Again, I'm still living in a construction zone, and I feel like the Flames will win a cup before this ridiculous renovation nonsense is done. 
so I apologize. <laughs> but uh, like I said, Blake Wheeler is struggling defensively, which, I mean, could go over well for the Flames. I think that there are going to be opportunities where the Flames can capitalize on their weaknesses. And I think not having their one of their top scorers out there is going to be huge. I think, you know, goaltending, I'm assuming we'll see Hellebuck, uh, is going to be an issue as well. But the Flames, as long as they shoot the puck and just play smart hockey, they, they'll they be okay. Do I think do I think that they'll win? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know anything at this point. But I do think that they stand a chance. And I do think that they will, you know, have a little bit more success if they if they play smart hockey. And it's Sends Sunday up here this week. The Flames struggle. Struggle with a capital S against the Senators. They're two and six against the team. And it leaves me scratching my head and I don't get it. I don't get it. I think that it could be a case of the Flames underestimating their opponents. I think it could be an issue where the Senators are just, you know, kind of a faster team and they're young. The Flames are, not that the Flames are old, but like... (laughs) You know, the Senators are a really young team. So I just think it's kind of one of those situations where their weaknesses become their opponent's biggest targets. And the Senators are really good at that. And I hope that we see the Kachuk brothers stretching together because this is the final game of the season for these two, uh, the, the matchup between the two, rather. And I honestly I don't think it would go over well. I think Matthew would be stapled to the bench. And I think that uh Daryl Sutter would kind of lose his mind and probably force Brad Tree Living's hand in a, in a trade. I'm over it. Personally, I really like uh really like seeing those bonding moments between, you know, brothers and I think that there's nothing wrong with it. They're stretching. They're talking. They're catching up. It's not that serious. It's not. But anyways, then their final four games are against the Vancouver Canucks. They are 4-2 and two against the Canucks. And as we know, the team is coming back from a COVID outbreak. The team has lost four of their last five. So really, who knows how this will go over. I think it's still too far down the stretch for me to predict anything in regards to outcomes. And they play four nights in a row. Four nights in a row. I feel like we don't even see that in baseball. That's so... Hockey is such a physical, physically demanding game. And to have them playing <laughs> four games in a row is so awful so awful but again this is a business this they don't care about anything besides their money so uh best of luck to the flames in their season their that final stretch of the season here i think it's going to be quite the interesting final few games so we're down to six games yeah six games and 
can only keep our fingers crossed at this point. And I hope that you all have a fantastic week. Uh, wash your hands. Call your loved ones. Watch one of the 93 hockey games on tonight because, well, scheduling. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to Locked on Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. And with that, on that note, I'm heading out and I will see you all tomorrow. Bye-bye.